if, like me, you've known Ibiza for many years. You may have noticed that over the last few years, there are far fewer of the friendly and brightly coloured lizards which used to delight and entertain us. The lost lizards of Ibiza are now a sad fact of life across most of the island. Snakes, first spotted in 2003, are the culprit. They arrived amongst the roots of imported olive trees, imported from the mainland to satisfy the fashion for Mediterranean gardens. Now, thanks to the efforts of Elba Montes, a PhD student, the annihilation of the lizards has been measured for the first time. The sad plight of the iconic lizards is now slowly rising up the political agenda. But Elba fears the lack of action so far could mean lizards will become extinct in just a few years. If things continue the same way that they are now, it, it will happen. It, it's not a matter of if I'm very concerned or no. I, I know that it will happen in, in less than 10 years. <coughs> Welcome to Ibithology, the Ibiza History and Culture podcast, which celebrates people who have had a significant impact on the island. Let's join the conversation with Elba now as we explore what she has found out about the life and threatened extinction of the island's wonderful lizards. Welcome, Elba. It's great to get you um, on Ibithology this time round. You've just published a study which examines how invading snakes have exterminated large parts of Ibiza's lizard population. But, but before we get into the study, could you just introduce yourself, tell me a little bit about where you're from, um, what, what you're studying? Yes, hi William, uh, nice to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, so I'm a PhD student from the University of Valencia. I also worked in, in, in the Ibiza Island Council for 11 years as a superior environmental technician. And um, we started with the control of snakes pilot project uh, in 2014 and 2015. And that's when, when I started being interested in, in the snakes problem. So what's your connection to the island then? Did, did you come here on holiday to start with or? No, I, I I went to Ibiza for the first time to to work uh, in the position that I I already told you uh, um, in the Ibiza Island Council, and it was in 2009 when when I started, and then I I was there for 11 years. And tell me a bit more about what you were doing during those 11 years. Yeah, so the. Um, the competencies that the Ibiza Island Council has on environmental issues 
are basically about waste management. But at that time, um, there were other issues that weren't taken care of. So one of them was the, the issue of the snakes and we decided to do something about it. So we, me and, and a colleague of mine, Jaume Estarellas, lead, led um, the pilot project that I was telling you about and it lasted for two years. The goal of this pilot project was to, to study what methods worked better to fight the snakes, the snakes like for example, uh, what type of traps, uh, also to, to start uh, an education, a public education campaign. And so we tried different methods. We tried dogs also. Uh, we tried different types of traps. And we saw that the, the best trap, that, uh, the, the, be the, best, the, the one that worked better was the, the box trap, the one that it's being used now. Mm. It was a bit different because the the one that it's being used now is um, is uh, a, a bit better, <laughs> but um, basically it's a wooden box with a, a live mouse inside it, and the the mouse is isolated from the rest of the trap, so the snake won't eat the the mouse, and um, they need to be placed under a shadow, especially in in summer because. If not, the mouse is likely to die in a few days. And um, it really work, works really good. And so this first pilot project served to, to see uh, what was the way that we needed to follow if we wanted to fight against this big problem. Uh, do you know... Um you know, that was a pilot project and I know that there is something happening right now with they're trying to scale up the use of these traps. Do you know what's happening at the moment with the drive to eliminate the snakes? Yes, yeah, so <clears throat> um, on the one hand, we have the Balearic government, who is the the authority that has the the responsibility, the legal responsibility about biodiversity. So they are taking um, campaigns they are carrying on campaigns uh, every year, more serious than the one that we started because they are not uh, a pilot project anymore. They are projects, serious projects. And so they are uh, trapping uh, across the island every year with um, a good amount of traps. Um, on the other hand, we have this um, volunteer campaign that is rising now but i i don't entirely know this uh, this campaign this project so i can't talk about it a lot okay are, are you still involved then with the um elimination of with trying to get rid of the snakes in ibiza is it part of your current work uh no um my current work mm, is it's only i mean I, I have my regular job that hasn't doesn't have anything to do with the snakes, but I I am also studying my PhD and I'm just studying it, so I'm not involved in management of the snakes. Okay, so I wonder whether now might be a good time to switch over to talking about your your PhD. So let, let's have a look at the backdrop. You've obviously been interested in this topic for mm. for a lot of years now. Can you tell me a bit about the what the what was the lizard population in Ibiza like 
before the snakes arrived? You know, where were they and how, how did all these subspecies evolve? Yeah, so <clears throat> the, the lizards um, were on Ibiza since I think it's um, 5.3 million years ago. <laughs> I mean, they, they were probably before that, but uh, at that point in, in history is when, um, when the islands became separated from the Iberian Peninsula. So they have been isolated from, from the rest of the, <clears throat> of the mainland and, and from Ibiza, um, sorry, and from Mallorca and Menorca for that long. So <clears throat> they started evolving isolated, and um, this mean, that means that all those millions of years uh, they didn't have any any predator that that uh, obliged them to evolve to uh, to have defense mechanisms. So they are very like all the the island organisms. They are very particular in in that so they don't they aren't adapt to face a, a predator so um they somehow they managed to survive the the entrance of humans to the islands that happened like four thousand years ago uh, and all the animals that they introduced to the islands and um, also, they they lived in isolated populations on the islets that surrounding that are surrounding Ibiza and Formentera. Yeah, I wanted um, to ask you about that because yeah. well, I've I've just read this. There's a lovely new book. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a book called Ibiza and Formentera Lizards and Islands, which mm. has just been published this year by Antonia Maria Sirar. Yes, yes, I yeah. know it. You know, it's beautiful mm -hmm. um, illustrations. Yeah. She goes into a lot of detail about the all these subspecies on these on these islets. Mm -hmm. Do you know how how the how the subspecies emerge? How do they develop, and how, what what's the process? Yeah. So um, because of the geological processes and glaciations processes, uh, the islands and the and the islets um, are being uh, linked or unlinked, uh, depending on the time of the of the history, um, because the sea level goes up or goes down. So they they are attached to the main island, or then they are separated. So the the last um, separation uh, took place like uh, more or less twenty thousand years ago. So since that point, the lizards from the islets, the lizards that were on the islets, were separated from the main island of Ibiza. And then they have, they have had like 20,000 years to evolve separately. Uh, there are discussions or arguments that they are not entirely subspecies, but just populations, different populations with different characteristics. But anyway, the thing is that they are different somehow. And they are valuable because of that, because they are unique in the entire world. Well, I mean, they, 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 they differ in colour and mm -hmm. in size, don't they? It's fascinating yeah. to see how, right. how, that, how that's happened. And then, so what happened then was that 
the snakes were introduced. Can you tell me a bit of the history about how yeah. that's how that, how that happened? Yeah. So um, at the end of the 1990s, um, there was there, it, two things happened. One of them was that uh, the agrarian politics changed. So the the price of the olive trees uh, went down a lot. And on the other hand, the Mediterranean garden became a fashion. So uh, on Ibiza, there were um, some rich people that wanted to have this Mediterranean garden. And the people from the south of the Iberia Peninsula, um, they saw this as an opportunity to sell those trees that uh, had uh, less value. So um, they started uh, sending those trees and, and they were bought by these rich people that had big houses with big uh, gardens. And um, it started in 2003. The, the first snake that was seen was in 2003. Uh, well, we know, out, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but yeah. do, we have, do you have any idea who or which company introduced that, that first snake? I mean, I don't know the company. I know that it, it, they were um, nursery, tree nurseries, but sometimes it's not even a tree nursery. It's just a, um, a contractor that buys trees and then send it, sends them over to Ibiza. You know, it's, it's not a, like a big company that does that. It's just buying of trees. <laughs> yes, um, I'm, I'm really surprised that they weren't more careful about, you know, somehow checking the trees and the roots to make sure there weren't snakes in there. Is, is that something that's that's been criticised, the, the, the lack of oh, control? Yeah. But um, I don't know, it's, it's a really difficult thing to see a snake that is uh, hibernating and really well hidden inside a, a tree with these dimensions because it, they are really, really big trees with deep holes and I can assure you that it's not so easy to see them. Even if you make a, a good inspection, you may miss them. It's mm. really easy to miss them. So, so really, they really they should have banned or prohibited mm. the, the import of these trees. I suppose that would have been the only way to stop them coming. I mean, I as a scientist, I, I would say that, yes, that, that's the way that it should be done. But I, I already, I'm sorry, I, I also understand that there is a, a trade that needs to be respected and, and people need to make money. So there, there is other way and it's the, the quarantine. So mm -hmm. if, if you only allow the trees to enter the island on spring, during spring, which is when they are not hibernating and when the eggs are not laid, because the eggs are laid during summer, so you you only allow the the trees to come during spring, and then you have them in a quarantine uh, in a in an enclosure with traps for say four weeks. So okay. really, the risk of snakes um, passing all those filters is is really really low. Do you know if that's happening now? Has that been introduced? I know that it's not happening. <laughs> so the snakes are still coming, probably. Yeah, right. Wow. 
Okay, so 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 what happened then once the snakes arrived? How quickly did did they spread? Yeah, um, so the first snake was seen in two thousand and three. Then, around the, some of the nurseries, uh, snakes were seen during some years. More or less in two thousand and ten, um, it's when when the snakes were st uh, started to be seen um, more uh, like. More, more far from the from the nurseries, and I think the the expansion started at that point, more or less in two thousand and ten. Could could you tell me then a bit more about your study? Um, mm -hmm. How did how did you carry out the, st the study? One of the things was one uh, was to see uh, how the spread of the snakes was, um, and what we did was to take all the sightings that were recorded by the um, uh, Balearic government and map them on a map. So we did um, polygons for each year and we saw that the, the area of those polygons uh, was increasing over the years until 2018 that it was when, when I did this job and it was already almost the 50% of the island. And then um, we wanted to study uh, how many lizards were seen inside those polygons and outside them. Uh, so we, we thought that the, the polygons were enclosing the, the established populations of snakes that were very with high density of snakes. So, the, so the sorry, so the, the Balearic government had surveyed most of the island, had they, and and then ident you identified where the big concentrations of snakes were. Mm, I mean, I I think that the um, the Balearic government was putting traps where they thought that a lot of snakes uh, were present, I but see. they didn't put traps uh, across all the island. Okay. So I, I, what I did was to take the, the best traps. In, uh, I mean, when I say best, best I mean the ones that uh, captured the most uh, number of snakes. And then I placed my, my censuses uh, next to, to those traps to ensure, to make sure that um, my censuses were taking place by sites that um, were very high density snakes. Yes. So um, then I went to the southwest of the island and chose some transects there um, where I knew that um, no snakes or, or very few snakes were seen. And then I counted the lizards on each one of them. Did you do this yourself or with other people? I, I did it myself. Wow, so, how long did that take? Uh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Months. Because um, there were 15 transects with snake in, in places with snakes and 14 without snakes, but I repeated each one of them three times. I wanted okay. to do that to make sure that um, to make them on different hours of the day, so to make sure that the difference the differences on lizard abundances were not due to the hour of the day or to the weather conditions or anything like that. And how how did you how did you find the lizards in those 
areas? Okay, so um, in the areas without snakes, I saw lizards in every one of them except for two of the repetitions. And in the snake present areas, I didn't find any lizard except for one of the repetitions. Wow. So, so to find the lizards, you're just looking, looking around at the ground or turning over stones? Right, just... right. I, I did that. I, I walked very slowly and I turned stones. Um, the, the transects are 500 meter long. So, so they are really long and it was like more or less like 15 minutes walking and turning stones and logs and everything. So, so did you do all, all of that in 2018? Uh, no, in 2019 too, two okay. years, yeah. And, and so your, your main findings is that where the snakes are present, the lizards are absent. Right, that's the main finding and <laughs> the most important, yeah. You, you've got a, a beautiful map on the mm -hmm. on the study that you published, which has got different years from, from 2010 up to 2018. Right. Can you explain what that what that map shows? Yes. So this is what I was trying to explain before. So every color is a year. Um, pink is 2010, black is 2018, and its shape is the polygon that uh, we made, taking into account that all the sightings that are inside them are too, are um, enough together among them to be established population of snakes. So uh, if you take a look, you can see that the polygons are each year uh, bigger. And uh, the 2018 polygon is, is the biggest one. And it's almost 50% um, of the island area. It's a 47.3. I see. So that, so when you say, when you're talk, talking about a polygon here, you're talking about a big area of Ibiza. Right. You can see each year how the area which contains snakes is increasing in size. Exactly, yeah. So It's quite shocking. The, the, the map yeah. shows for 2018 that basically all of the east, mm -hmm. the centre, the east, most of the north and, you know, almost, well, halfway to San Antonio from San right. yeah. from Ibiza town, uh, mm. that there are snake populations. Yes. So uh, the other part of the study, that the important one, is that uh, I also visited some of the islets to see how the lizard populations were doing. Um, so I visited um, all of the islets that have their name on the map. Sespartar, Illa Desbosc, Illa Murada, Illot den Calders, Escanaret. Samesquida, Illot de Sora, Illa Grossa and Illa Rodona. And I, I found that the populations overall were in good shape, except for two of them. One of them was Illa Grossa, which, uh, in, where I saw a snake when I went, and uh, the lizard numbers were very low, so that's worrisome. And then Illot de Sora, that some months 
before I, my first visit, a snake was seen uh, swimming towards the, the islet, 20 meters away from the islet, and no lizards were present on the, on the islet. Um, so do you think the, the lizards are uh, extinct now on that islet? I mean, they are extinct, yes, yeah. for sure. I don't, I can't assure that it was due to a snake, but I mean, mm, it's very, I, um, I don't know, like <laughs> yeah. after thousands of years isolated and in good shape, then some months after a snake was seen, there are no lizards, so you can make your own conclusions, but yeah. It I, must, think, I mean, do, do you, does it make you feel sad or angry when you... See what's course. happening to the lizards. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's sadness and anger. Yeah, because it's it. I mean, there there are things that could have been done, and they they weren't done. So, I mean, it was an avoidable thing. We didn't have to be here. And how concerned are you that that eventually lizards could be? extinct across the whole island? I mean, um, if things continue the same way that they are now, it, it will happen. It, it's not a matter of if I'm very concerned or no. I, I know that it will happen in, in less than 10 years. If things change, maybe snakes and lizards can live together. So but, what, what what needs to change? Um, the the predat I mean the snakes don't have predators on the island. They just have kestrels and cats, which um, predate uh, over uh, very small individuals of snakes. So we need to act as predators with the traps. Um, I know that the Balearic government is uh, has a, a, a new project funded by the Ecotax um, that will um, reinforce the, the control campaigns. So maybe with this uh, reinforcement, um, snakes would be will be more controlled. But I think it's really difficult to eradicate them at this point. It's such such a, a, quite a large island, and mm. yeah, yeah, how, how realistic is it to think that they could put enough traps into? Well, you'd need to eliminate the, the snakes, really, or, or, or reduce yeah. the population a lot. I mean, um, you can the, to eradicate them would be ideal, but if if the um, Balearic government puts enough traps to to um, um, allow the, the balance among or between snakes and lizards, maybe they, they could live together. But they, they would have to put a very big effort into um, trapping a lot of them. Do you, do you know if, the, if there is political will to, to expand that programme in a big way? Yeah, I think that the, that, that programme is already approved. So that they, I don't know if they will start this year or the next one, but I, I know that they, they will start it. But I don't know. There's also the thing that the entrance uh, control that it's not being ta taken care of. So I think it's 
it's basic, it's fundamental to to control the entrance so that the efforts inside the island are not um, useless. <laughs> because if the snakes continue to to arrive to the island, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> no, well, that's it's mad. It seems a bit mad to me. And do, do you know if, if there is any chance that they will change, that they will introduce quarantine for, for the arriving trees? Yeah, I think that they are stuck in the legal terms of this uh, quarantine or control. And uh, one part of this new project that they want to carry on includes uh, the the entrance control. But I I don't know. I mean, you you should ask them to to yes. have more information about this. So, do you feel optimistic for the future of the lizards at the moment? <sighs> Not right now. I wanted to to also ask you about the snake. Can you tell me a bit more about which breed of snake it is that has been so successful and why it's so successful here? Yes, um, three species arrived to Ibiza. One was the Montpellier snake, which disappeared in 2010. We don't know why, but it, it just disappeared. Uh, there's the ladder snake, which is the one that is thriving on Formentera and it has a stable but very small population on Ibiza. And then we have the, the horseshoe whip snake, which is the one that I'm studying. And it's the one that is thriving the most on, on the island of Ibiza. And it's uh, a very aggressive snake. It's not uh, venomous. So it's not really dangerous. It's just aggressive. I, I've been bitten by them many times and I can assure you that it's not big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it really it's like very little punches of I mean it's it's nothing really. You you just have to disinfect the 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 bite. So it cuts does it cut through the skin? I mean it, you can see like little dots of blood, very, very minuscule dots of blood, but that's all. So if they attack you, is that because you've got too close to them? Because I always imagine, yeah. well, I always tell my daughter, don't worry, snakes are more scared of you than you are of them, and that the snake will, will, will slide away from you if it can. Yeah, if it can, it will do that. But sometimes you can, I don't know, you can walk by them without noticing them, and then they can feel um, threatened and bite you. But it's not... Really, it's not a, a big deal. <laughs> okay. Um, but what, what else do you know about this particular breed of snake? Mm, they they come from the north of Africa and the Iberian Peninsula, from the south of the Iberian Peninsula. Um, they, uh, they can climb very well. And they live next to human dwellings because they go after mice and rats and geckos and lizards. <laughs> yes. You mentioned that um, kestrels are a predator of the snakes. Mm -hmm. yeah. What about in introducing more predators, you know, trying to have breeding programs for kestrels? Um, what about rewilding of Ibiza, which would encourage more more animals which are further up the um, food chain? Um, there, there are two things here. One if, is that um, the already native 
uh, animals that can act as predators to the snake is just the, the kestrel. So maybe um, facilitating life for kestrels would be a good thing, but kestrels are a very small predator. So they, they can only prey upon small snakes, like mm, one-year snakes or something like that. Uh, one-year-old snakes, I mean. And But then you have other predators with many people tells me, why don't you introduce, I don't know, the, the snake eagle that eats snakes? Um, so this is a very dangerous and delicate thing. Um, for example, in Australia, um, uh, foxes were introduced to, to control the rabbits that were introduced before. And then the foxes started eating koalas. <laughs> so it's it's a really delicate and dangerous thing to introduce other non-native animals to, to control invasive species. And there, there are many, many cases uh, documented that it, it went bad. <laughs> so no, I, I wouldn't recommend to introduce any, any other animals. Yeah, I guess you're, you're, you're solving one problem then and then causing another problem. Right. Have you got any plans to carry on your, your studies or your work in Ibiza? Um, yes, I, I am a part of um, um, a project from National Geographic and that um, will study the, the, the changes on the behaviour of the lizards um, because of the snakes. And also, um, if the changes in the foraging behavior of wall lizards have cascading consequences for ecosystem functioning, because lizards act as um, uh, as pollinators and seed dispersers of some plants on Ibiza and on the islets, and um, the their extinction maybe can be can have consequences for for those plants too i have studied first of all the the diet of the snakes it was the the first study where we saw that more of the more than half of the diet was um, lizards uh, and it was very worrying because no other horseshoe whip snake population uh, had so many lizards within its diet. So this was the, the first alarm that made me want to study more about this. Then I studied the reproduction ecology of the snakes and surprisingly they are not reproducing more than, than in the native population. They are in fact reproducing like half of the, of the time. This means that uh, females only have um, eggs every two years and not every year like they what? do on the Iberian Peninsula. Well, what, why do you think that is? It's really difficult to know. Um, for example, maybe you know the case of Guam uh, where there is another snake invasion by the brown tree snake and it happened the same. It's like they don't have the need to reproduce as much because they are okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't have predators, they, mm, they don't have feeding problems, they don't have competitors, they are all right. So um, I guess it's a matter that of 
of not needing to ensure their their survival. They don't need to to do that because they are all right. I don't know. It's it's really surprising. Then I also studied the predation pressure on the snakes. As as I already told you, there are only two of the seven predators that the snake has on the source population. And what are the other predators then on the peninsula? Um, they have the 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 eagle, the snake eagle. Oh, the Montpellier snake. That was the one that we had initially here. Uh, that it it eats other snakes. So in the Iberian Peninsula, uh, it's a common predator for them. We have another, um, the, the kestrel. We have um, another um, eagle that is buteo buteo in Latin. And then um, another eagle that is aquila adalberti. So, uh, and the cats. So, from from these seven predators, we only have the kestrel and the cats on Ibiza, which, as I was saying, they only predate on on small individuals of snakes. But you think it might be dangerous to plan to introduce some of those other predators which are present on the peninsula? Yes, um, I, I think it can be dangerous because you don't know if they suddenly will shift their mm, taste towards lizards, for example, and then we make the problem the problem bigger. So um, I know for certain that the eagle, the, the snake eagle, it uh, passes um, through Ibiza uh, every year, but it's not a resident from Ibiza. So maybe if that snake sometimes happens to to pass across Ibiza and then sees snakes, don't, maybe they will want to stay. But I don't think that we should force that. I, mm. I, I really think it's very dangerous. Yes, it may, it may just happen naturally. Mm, right. Um, I also studied the parasites from both populations to compare them. And I, I found that um, they have uh, more parasitized snakes uh, on Ibiza, mm, but the parasites are innocuous, so they are harmless uh, to the Ibiza population. Uh, all of, of these uh, characteristics, uh, like the predation study and the parasite study, tells us that um, uh, the enemy release hypothesis is met. And the enemy release hypothesis is a, a theory that says that all the natural enemies that uh, uh, an animal faces on their source population, they don't have uh, these enemies on the invasive uh, population. So they are released from their enemies and that's the reason why they thrive so well. So we, we are facing this uh, with the horseshoe whip snake on Ibiza because they are free from their uh, enemies, their predators, their competitors and their parasites. So they are really free to, to thrive. I also have another um, uh, article that I'm, I have already sent to, to a journal where I include all the measures that should be taken 
um, in light of, of what we discovered with the lizards. So we proposed to, to change the listing of the lizard in the IUCN red list to, to endangered because now it's listed as near threatened and we want to change that listing to uh, endangered. And also we, we make some suggestions that could be made um, like maintaining uh, captive colonies of uh, the lizard to have somewhere to, <laughs> to uh, I mean, to, to have a repository of them in case that they go extinct. Um, for, of course, we, we want that the pathway is controlled, as I told you. Uh, to reinforce the existing eradication campaigns, to develop a rapid response protocol for snake, snake sightings when new in, in new localities they are seen. Uh, for example, in, in the southwestern part of the island where the, um, where the snakes are not established yet. So if someone sees a new snake, I don't know, around the nursery, for example, that uh, a rapid response protocol is clear so they know what to do to put uh, 10 traps, for example, around the nursery and mm, trying to trap the, the snake. Uh, promote scientific research that it's obvious that the scientific research is helping in, in knowing better this invasion and um, uh, fighting better against the, the problem. And then develop public education programs that are unified and that so everything has clear, very clear what, what they have to do. And that, that, those recommendations, how likely are they to be accepted? Do you, do you present them to the government? I presented it to a scientific journal and then once it's accepted in, on, in the journal, then I will send them to the Balearic government. But I can tell you that they already know because I, I already told them. Um, and did you get a good reception to any of those ideas? Um, um, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm waiting for the further answer. Okay. When, when did you send the um, the suggestions to them? Uh, some of them I'm I'm telling them since 2009, <laughs> since the, <laughs> the day I arrived. Yeah. For example, the 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 entrance, the control of the entrance, is something that we have mm, demanded for many years. I can't believe that they haven't acted on on any of those, particularly that idea, that seems so sensible. Right. And of but course, there are, there are different governments coming into power since hmm. 2009. They've all had an opportunity to, to act on this. Right. I mean, and it's also a matter of priorities. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, may, maybe, at the, maybe there's an opportunity here at the moment because we've got your your study has been I've seen I think I've seen articles about this in the diario mm -hmm. it's you know it's becoming I think people are talking about mm -hmm. this this issue everyone's aware of it now you've got and then we've got this this book that's just been published which I mentioned earlier so maybe there's maybe there's 
if the public are more concerned about this, then there'll be more political will to act. Yeah, I think so. I know that the, the consejero of the Balearic government wants to meet with me. I, I, um, I mean, I haven't spoken to him yet, but I know that he wants to, to call me and speak about this. And I hope that this study will do something. I hope so too, because yeah. it's quite it's quite shocking when you see when you see it in black and white. You know that they isn't right. disappearing. Before it was just a an idea, right. a perception, mm. a perception. But you you've actually measured it. Right. That's that's that was my goal. Yeah, to measure it, and and so they there would be no discussion about it. This haunting song was recorded in San Jose in the 1950s in Ibiza. It's called Bon Amor Jo et Venk Aver, which roughly translates as Good Love, I'll Come See You. It's part of the Alan Lomax collection at the American Folklife Centre in the Library of Congress. It's used courtesy of the Association for Cultural Equity. Vas a las 